0: hello and welcome to the commotion podcast your regular glimpse into the future of urban mobility as always i'm your host greg lindsay director of strategy for commotion and as always i'm joined by jonah bliss vp of media and marketing for commotion welcome back once again jonah
1: hey greg and what an exciting week to be here
0: <laughs> truly because this is the week of commotion miami live uh, this is the week in which we're proud to unveil our first ever virtual event uh, not just a webinar not just a podcast but a fully featured series of plenary sessions workshops uh, everything you've come to expect networking uh, for the new virtual event and networking yes networking is of course key to any any live event virtual or otherwise so for the second half of this podcast we will have no guests we will be your guests the hosts turn guests as we walk you through the exciting program we have in store but before we get to that of course nothing is ever still in the world of mobility and so let's cover the highlights uh jonah you want to take it away yes yes um
1: so let's start things off um, with some micromobility laggards. Um, so New York City, which has sort of long been a holdout in the uh, the e-scooter, e-bike field. You know, they NYPD has still even been arresting people on e-bikes, despite them being essential workers making <laughs> food drop-offs during the crisis. But um, they are on the verge uh, of hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, approving an e-scooter pilot program, which would uh still not actually going to effect until march so you know move move moving at uh uh, a dawdling pace but it's better than nothing um and what i I also like about this is that you know miami uh, obviously a city near and dear to our hearts has also been one that's been a little slow on the the micromobility front and they are also uh you know close to a decision on that one supposedly so uh keep your keep your eyes open for that one
0: folks Interesting. I would say I one of the still one of the most puzzling things is sort of New York's complete being a laggard on this. I mean, I mean, you know, people think of New York as an innovator when it comes to mobility. And historically, it never has been, actually, it's always been a follower. But Someday someone's going to write the excellent postmortem on exactly what was happening inside the the de Blasio administration on why they never moved quickly or otherwise on open streets and and their continued intransigence on this kind of mobility. We've had as a past uh, podcast guest, I should point out a year ago last summer, uh, uh, state senator Jessica Ramos, uh, my old state senator in Queens. Who specifically has called out the mayor multiple times on this as a social justice issue in the sense of exactly who you know the nypd has cracked down on delivery uh, uh workers and others like you pointed out um riding these scooters it's always been uh you know once again a highly unequal application of that law so and hope, especially now you know
1: people comfortable with the subways you know trying to get people back to work but you don't want everyone just sitting uh in cars on the bridges so this this is an important moment for you know trying to get people into new forms of mobility. So hopefully uh you know nyc provincialism doesn't uh ruin this one
0: (laughs) yes new york exceptionalism is a a double-edged sword to say the least well well what's what's happening this week in tesla jonah because we can't have a week go by without tesla
1: no uh, i guess despite elon's uh threats on twitter uh yeah hopefully he's not going to land in court for this one but you know he was he was ready to walk away from the golden state but now of course it looks like they're actually going to be expanding in fremont um Supposedly a a new battery plant is in the works, Um, you know, all those cars, all those wall batteries need a lot more lithium ion. So uh, that would be a big, uh, you know, pouring more concrete means you're probably not going to walk up and
0: leave the state. I was going to say, I remember him. The last time I I thought about him in California, he was daring them to arrest him on the assembly line. I guess they never took him up on that, uh, that offer, but, but it's good to see. (laughs) Yeah. At least, at least they're sticking around. I want to give a personal shout out to the Segway, the, the poor benighted Segway, you know, the original micromobility device, at least when it comes to modern electric micromobility, the decision was finally made to cease production of that. And, you know, it's a bittersweet thing for me, actually, you know, uh, in a couple of ways, one, of course, you know, it's, You know, the Segway is dead, long live the Segway. Its technology has proliferated throughout uh, Segway Ninebot into other scooter companies, like really its DNA, you know, is sort of proliferated through there. And, and B, you know, I was a, the fun facts, Jonah, I was a cub reporter at inside.com in 1999, 2000, when one of our reporters discovered the book proposal that actually unveiled so-called Project Ginger and this device that would change the world that had the original quotes from people like Steve Jobs, this was going to be bigger than the PC and John Doerr, the venture capitalist, that was going to be bigger than the internet. Wow. And and, you know, if you believe the true believers like Horace over at Micromobility, it may still yet be bigger than the internet. But I think the rest of us would just settle for, you know, yeah, having new ways to get around cities in a sustainable human scale. I mean, it, so, it
1: outlived its creator, right? R.I.P. Dean, uh, whatever his last name was. <laughs> well, it's, it's been funny, a wild
0: ride. It's funny you mention that, uh, Jonah, because that is, in fact, an urban that decayment is alive and well in New Hampshire. That is a complete urban fabrication. That's um, well, that's fun, Greg. <laughs> I well dean came is a mensch so i'm glad i'm glad he's there but we'll see we'll see what uh, what else its dna spawns um well speaking of electric mobility you know yeah i'm mean, going back to california there for a minute rivian rivian's moving to california right i mean I, who knew well i mean i guess it's always been the premise of la that california has been a mobility hotbed but it's fascinating given this time of you know supposed onshoring and also high-cost states that like people are moving to california
1: yeah, yeah. As I sit here in California, um, I, I uh, you know, can't say I disagree with the choice, but no, yeah, it's it's interesting. If anything, you know, I like got a little inside baseball-y that in a ways it seems like, you know, Southern California's sort of automotive hub has shifted a little further south. It used to be very much sort of the South Bay where where a lot of the Japanese automakers had operations, and now it's, you know, maybe 20 miles further south, kind of in Irvine um rivian yeah had a large office there since launch but looks like they're consolidating a lot of their michigan operations and moving people out west so um you know it's it's going to be a tough transition for people they're gonna have to trade those winter parkers in for board shorts
0: but i'm sure they'll survive they will definitely make do well our final piece here on sort of electric electric vehicles is a you know volkswagen you know after of course you know the saga of dieselgate its commitment to spend tens of billions of dollars on electric cars and revamping it has delivered its first 150 cars with the catch that all 150 have been delivered to employees to basically put through their paces which raises the question jonah if you were given a free electric car from your employer and said beat this thing to death, how would you go about beating it? What, what would be your idea of running wind sprints with electric cars? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, just uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how do you destroy an, an electric motor as quickly as possible? I don't know. Yeah, just just uh, see if you can take it into the ocean, see if you can just you know drive up a vertical cliff. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they're really putting them through the paces. Um, and actually, on, on our kind of related dieselgate note, I just saw that uh, Electrify America actually just announced they completed their first cross-country charging networks. So, um, you know, a
0: million little flowers blooming from a diesel disaster indeed well i would say well you should definitely take if you got one of those vws and take it up into the mountain because i'm reminded the fact that you know the volkswagen currently holds the pikes peak climb record with their specially outfitted electric race car uh the idr i believe it was called um yeah that was basically designed for that so i'm sure its employees will find inventive ways to go all days of thunder on it and you know smash those things to smithereens (laughs) um well, we're almost we're almost at the preview, but what do we have this week in venture capital? Any particularly interesting raises or, uh, or yeah,
1: others? and actually a, a good Latin angle on this one. So you know, as everyone hopefully knows, you know, Commotion Miami Live is not just about Miami and South Florida, but a big Latin American angle. You know, it's very much a nexus for that region. So Cargo X, which sort of goes by the the Uber of trucking for Latin America, they just raised two point eight million dollars. Uh, with the intention of using it to basically back, you know, small-scale truckers and fleets in the region that have been hurt by coronavirus. So, you know, kind of a, a nice way to give people some working capital to stay afloat.
0: Very nice, very nice. And
1: then one other uh, spicy piece of Lat Am news for you. Guess who's
0: back, Greg. Like Jason, I'm going to guess it's Uber. Uber's back from the bottom of Crystal Lake. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's another way to
1: stress test the vehicles. But yes, uh, Uber is back in Colombia um, after a a heated battle. Uh, The taxi companies sued them in 2016, but just now one of the superior courts for Bogota ruled that they'd actually uh, missed the statute of limitations because Uber had entered in 2012, which, wow, it's amazing it's been that long. And uh, yeah, Uber can can resume ride hailing. Sorry, sorry, taxi operators.
0: Well, one last piece of Uber news I would, I would recommend, it was, didn't run in commotion news, but a news story that I really enjoyed this week uh, was in Aaron Gordon's piece in Vice on sort of the unhappy marriage of Uber and social bicycles, which of course became Jump. And um, and it, it answered the question for me, which I've been dying to know, which is, how did all those true believers at Sobe turn Jump actually mesh with Uber's corporate culture? And the answer, of course, is not at all. And I would say to your point is that the real takeaway from the piece for me was like, yeah, Sobe built their business uh and you could since they were absorbed into uber you could argue they were wrong uh, on trying to work with cities and trying to be collaborative and trying to actually solve their issues and they were horrified to discover once they got into uber this according to their anonymous sources in the piece uh that yeah that uber's first reaction in dealing with any city is to put up its dukes and you know lawyer up kind of thing um so i would recommend you know, listeners uh, if you head over to vice.com and take a look at it you know just search for uber jump and you could sort of see uh yeah you know how that co- culture conflict played out and ended in the junking of lot of electric bicycles. And I can tell you from that piece that the number of jump bikes that were they were able to recover was 5,298, which every apparent ex-jumper knows that they were the ones they managed to salvage from the scrapyard. So <laughs> find yourself a jump.
1: I, I gotta say I coincidentally I, I sort of had drinks at, at a social distance, everyone, um, with one of the original jump social bike hardware designers uh this past week. And and yeah, just I mean a heartbreaking story after all the sort of just sweat and blood and you know people just basically like living together to, to launch this you know, revolutionary idea at the time to have it kind of end this way it's just uh it's too bad but uh you know maybe, maybe something good will happen with it uh, those are smart people that i think they'll
0: come up with something else yeah venture money is at the root of all evil that's our that's my saying around here here as the non-vc um <laughs> Well, on that note, now that, uh, now that we've got that out on the table, it's time to start our commotion Miami live preview. So welcome to the second half of the podcast. We're going to walk through it here. And, um, I, you know, viewers, we're going to take you through a sort of quick tour of what we have in store. Now, the first thing I want to put out at the, the outset of this is you can watch many of the sessions of commotion Miami live simply by registering we've committed to basically putting out all of our keynotes panel discussions all of our main plenary stuff will be free for you to view online uh with You know, it's only with the purchase, which I would highly recommend, of a $95 ticket that you can have access to our proprietary features like the networking Jonah mentioned and like some of our workshops and other things. Um, And, of course, we have some codes. Maybe if you listen long enough, Jonah will drop in some special uh, discount codes and, you know, you can sign up for the less than the recommended $95 fee. Um, but let's dive in. The You know, Commotion Miami Live is happening this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, June 30th and July 1st. Um, before the conference begins, I want to call out first that we're going to have some, you know, pre tape segments, some discussions about why and how Miami and others are moving into this sort of bold new vision for mobility. Uh, and then we'll kick off at 11.15 a.m. Eastern Time with Mayor Carlos Jimenez of Miami-Dade. Um, Jonah, any particular thoughts on what the mayor might talk about? Why is Miami-Dade the setting of Commotion Live? Live and uh and how are they being a mobility leader
1: uh well i hope any of our listeners is already clued in on this one
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> i know but let's recap let's yeah. rehash it for that yeah one. yeah but no i mean yeah we're very excited to,
1: to be in miami uh you know sad that it's virtual right now but we will be back physically uh you know assuming the world ever resumes being somewhat normal but no i mean miami is really an interesting hot spot um you know the county mayor jimenez he's sort of been pushing for a sort of all of the above approach to mobility. So they've been doing some interesting things on the public sector side. You've got um, a lot of private sector players like Reef that are doing interesting things, rethinking infrastructure, parking, turning them into little mobility hubs. Um, you've got some micro mobility companies in the works, as we mentioned before. And then, yeah, it's Miami has long been such a nexus for Latin America that. We're excited to bring people, you know, from Colombia, from uh, Quito, from all these places to talk about things like, you know, BRT and uh, aerial gondolas and then Latin American mobility companies like Rappi and Cabify. So it's really going to be quite the cultural interchange.
0: Excellent. Well, that will segue nicely into our first panel, which is really our what it all means post-COVID, so, you know, looking at reimagining urban mobility for a changed world. And um, and that'll be great. That's going to be our all-star lineup of public officials. So and for those of you who've been watching Commotion Live, you've seen some of these names already. We're going to have Alice Bravo, of course, who's the Director of Transportation and Public Works for Miami-Dade. We're going to be joined by Salita Reynolds, our other favorite counterpart from LADOT, you know, really our patron saint of Commotion LA. Uh, and then joined by other friends, Michael Hurwitz from Transport for London, who's been a past guest in my in uh, Los Angeles, um, Gabe Klein, you know, of course the, the rock star transit czar, uh, to, uh from L- from Washington DC DOT and Chicago DOT back in the day. And as Jonah mentioned, Rafael Quintero Carrasco, who's the general manager, um, uh, for, for the metropolitan public company for mobility and public works of Quito. So will be our sort of Latin American representative.
1: And they're, um, they're all rock stars, Greg, you know, they're, they're all going to be, uh, you know, signing fans, uh, arms and whatnot. <laughs> virtually, virtually.
0: Well, well, there you go. And then from there, we're going to get into a conversation. So, you know, we kid about Uber because we love here. And we're going to have uh, Andrew McDonald, who's the senior vice president of mobility at Uber, who's going to be paired with Harry Campbell. Uh, well, this hopefully we got Harry into that role. Um, let's never be presumptive yep. about yep. this. But we hope to pair him with Harry because, of course, you know, for those of you who know the rideshare guy, you know that Harry does not carry water for Uber. He's a very much a representative of the drivers. And I think that should be a really illuminating granular discussion about sort of uber's long-term commitment to its non-employees employees employees, depending on which state you're asking um and also you know really what their what their long-term plans for mobility are because if you've been following along they're making a renewed push to integrate public transport into uber before uber gets integrated into public transport
1: yep they just Um, launched that thing in marin county very very exciting to see what happens next
0: Exactly. And that takes us to what next, uh, Joe? I think our next t- session after that is Curb Your Enthusiasm, but Curbs.
1: <laughs> uh, great work on the Titles programming team. Um, yeah, so that's you know, going to have Harry Campbell once more, but then you know kind of interesting who's who of people rethinking Curbs, Curbs management. You know, The technology kind of keeps tabs on what uh, different modes of transport need that space. It's, it's, yeah, it's the new gold. It's highly contested. So we have um, the CEO of Curbflow, We have Daniela Harris from the uh, Elemental Accelerator and former uh, SFMTA. We have the uh, Secretary of Mobility from Bogota and uh, Philippe Christ uh, from the ITF. So it's going to be an interesting conversation, I think, because the curb truly is uh, the
0: current battleground. Excellent. yeah though that will be a that is a super smart bunch so that should be a really interesting conversation and then we go into a fair, fireside chat we're going to have daniel remote uh, who is the ceo of via with laura bliss from city lab i would say no relation but in fact listeners there is a relation there uh, laura bliss <laughs> the burning Jonah question says, that i'm sure
1: everyone that encounters bliss on the on the last name is is why and- how do we both end up uh, enthusiastic about cities and urbanism transportation and uh,
0: I'm not sure what our parents fed us, but (laughs) it is in fact genetic, but, but yeah, but you know, Daniel will be fascinating, I was recently on a, on a webinar myself with him where we were discussing about how, yes, like, you know, via is one of the companies positioned well to think as, you know, as, as a. You know, cities rethink public transportation, rethink their services via, which has always sort of struck out this position of wanting to license its software to cities and work with cities on this, seems pretty well poised to, you know, allow for the dynamic rethinking of routing. You know, they have their contract, of course, with New York City's Department of Education to rethink school bus routing. Uh, and so that should be sort of interesting about how they see, you know, uh, you know an opportunity for them to rethink some of our routes. Yeah, um, they're making
1: that big push into microtransit as of late. I mean, there's a bunch of... Uh, via shuttles here in LA., um, yeah, I think both across the country and the world. yeah, it kind of sits in a happy medium between everyone being in their own Uber or Lyft and uh, you know more traditional fixed route buses.
0: Yeah. And then our final session of the day of day one will be how cities can spark mobility innovation. And this is going to be a look at some of the really exciting city-led efforts to basically create you know, their equivalent of accelerators and incubators in their own labs. Um, you know, uh, For those of you who joined us in Los Angeles last fall at Commotion LA, we had the launch of Los Angeles's Urban Movement Labs uh, headed by uh, Julia Thane. there. We're going to be joined by Lily Shoup. Uh, again, if you know LA, you know she was at Lyft before and, and uh, Nelson Nygaard. Um, so she'll be joining there. And along with folks from Miami, uh, Natalie Quintero, from uh, the, who's the director of the Transit Tech Lab in New York, who's been a past pod, uh, podcast guest, and Lillian Coral from the Knight Foundation. So they're going to sit down and discuss how cities are taking matters into their own hands and basically encouraging startups and others uh, to basically innovate along the lines that cities would like to see, which, you know, has been, I think, one of those classic complaints, right? Startups want to know how to work with cities while cities are finally telling them how to do just that.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I, and I think just to give a little context for people that aren't quite as close uh, Miami watchers you know, Knight Foundation, Lillian Corral, they're sort of ED there. Yeah, they're, they're very much a, a kind of local power player. So it's going to be interesting to see what they have to say about the situation in South Florida. And then, of course, yeah, our, our good friend Carlos Cruz Casas, uh, the Assistant Director for uh, Transportation and Public Works in Miami-Dade County. So I think we're going to have some interesting kind of uh, West Coast, East Coast, you know, whole country getting involved and seeing exactly, yeah,
0: how can cities spark mobility innovation? And that will be a wrap for day one. So day two, July 1st, just as you know just as uh, nice as the first day. Uh, we're going to open with an opening keynote from a, a Florida public official. I don't want to say yet. It's going to be a bit of a surprise there as we uh, work to nail down. You'll have exactly to sign up to see it, folks. You will have to sign up. And then we go from there into our special session on Miami, South Florida, because, of course, this is not just Commotion Live, but Commotion Miami Live. So we'll, we'll have the return of Carlos. We're going to have Alejandra Agudin from the Miami Parking Authority, uh, Jeremy Mullings from uh, CTS, and uh, you know, Mitch Bierman, who's a local uh, lawyer who's, in, who's invested in all these sort of things. And, of course, Greg Kruger, who runs the Emerging Technologies Program at HNTB. And they are going to spell out in detail about all the sort of innovation that's going on in Miami and South florida jonah any particular highlights you think they'll call out
1: well you know florida's sort of been positioning itself as the the playground for future mobility which i think is a pretty fun way to phrase it um and yeah there's just obviously a lot of stuff both happening and about to happen and i think having yeah both the public and private sector on this one that's very much the ethos down there is that kind of uh blending of the two sides and i think there's gonna be some fun announcements
0: Great, and then then we'll have a quick break from Florida. There's a lot of Florida in the second day, but before that, we're going to have a keynote conversation with Nirez, who's the CEO of Moveit, which of course was recently acquired by Intel and Mobileye with commotion founder john rossant and yeah i imagine there's gonna be a lot of interesting discussion there about what's the future of move it now that it's inside intel and married to Mobileye, of course with its eyes on sort of a world full of autonomy so that should be quite interesting and we will be accepting audience questions so i hope you will all come and you know basically uh pose your best uh, gotcha question at them
1: yeah and i think you know much to their credit closing a nearly billion dollar acquisition in the middle of uh Coronavirus, you know, with mobility all topsy-turvy. That's uh, an amazing compliment to them and their team and what they've built. Um, Yeah, really excited for that one. You know, excited for him to also share. Yeah, there's there's such a, a powerful mobility community in Israel. So we'd love to learn a little bit more about that, how that kind of local scene has developed. So
0: it's one to watch. Yes. And from there, then we'll go back to Florida, you know, because, of course, those of you who do follow Florida Mobility, you know that the state has been... Uh, very much at the forefront of positioning itself as America's playground for autonomous mobility. We're going to have, you know, confirmed for that is uh, State Senator Jeff Brandis, who has been the leader of that push on the legislative side. Um, and then, yeah, it's another sort of all-star lineup there, uh, public and private. You know, we recently confirmed Brian Selesky, who's the CEO of Argo AI, which you know now has a $7 billion plus valuation after big investments from Ford and VW. So he'll be there. And then we've got, yeah, we've got more folks, Beth Kegel from HNTB, who's uh who's the chair of autonomous florida we're also going to have uh our very own grace of course who's you know very involved in this and then i'm very excited to hear uh from nathaniel ford who's the ceo of jacksonville's transportation authority um to hear how they see this future as well so that should be a good time and then we move from there into active mobility and joan i will not describe this one because i'm the moderator so i'm curious your take on what we should talk about on the active (laughs) Uh, transportation i was
1: gonna say who's moderating this one geez um No, I mean, to me, I I think this one's really near and dear to both of our hearts. I mean, an important part of Commotion Miami is, you know, how cities and how people get about them rebuild from the kind of current triple crises, right? You've got the pandemic, you've got the economic fallout, and then you obviously have the need to sort of create more economic and racially just cities. Um, And I think active mobility is a critical part of that. You know, that's just feet on the street and people feeling comfortable in their own public space. Um, so, you know, this takes, I think a very internationalist approach to it. We have, um, let's see the, the advisor of secretary of transportation and public works from Buenos Aires. We have, uh, Florian Lenert, the head of mobility at Neom. Uh, we've got, this one's exciting. Tomas, uh, Martins, the CEO of Tembisi, which is a big, uh, micro mobility company out of Brazil. Uh, David zipper, of course, another smart guy. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I think a kind of mediocre moderator, but
0: he'll, he'll try and slap it together. Well, see, that's the beauty of our session, Jonah, because if I do slip up for even a moment, David Zipper will just take that panel over and start moderating himself. So, you know, watch your back. <laughs> I know, I know. Maybe, maybe Zipper and I will flip a coin and we'll decide who moderates and who's a guest on that session. But if, you know, if I do manage to hold on to that, you'll get a double dose of me following the break there because uh, the session after that is going to be a keynote and then conversation with Ariel Havo, who is the CEO of Reef Technologies. Uh, and if you know Reef, you know, they're one of the big players backed by SoftBank and um, um, and uh and basically, yeah, trying to create so you know so-called uh cloud kitchens, not to quote a competing firm there, but you know, dark kitchens, et cetera, et cetera, this investment in how do we take uh parking, hopefully to remain an underutilized resource after the COVID-19 pandemic ends, um, and convert it into higher and better uses. And so Reef's done some really interesting announcements. I'm really excited to talk to him about their ultimate vision of you know, using data and whatnot to basically identify what are some of the most interesting parcels in cities to, to convert, and also you know, thinking about what the future of delivery could look like. You know, they've got a recent partnership with DHL to use electric bicycles, which strikes me as a lot more humane and perhaps simpler than you know, deploying all sorts of of bots so that should be a a, this, that's a personal highlight for me i'm very glad i'm gonna be able to pick his brains a bit about exactly where they're going with yeah all and
1: I'd, I'd love you know please I, I would love to know yeah how they sort of differentiate themselves from cloud kitchens you know i mean i, I can from my view surmise that but uh let's hear it from them themselves and i do like as, as you called the uh dark kitchens that's honestly sounds like more of a travis term to me but yeah they've, they've done some interesting stuff kind of reusing urban real estate
0: Yeah. So that takes us then. We have more autonomy after that. So uh, we'll have another panel on autonomy and there, you know, it's going to be sort of, you know, beyond simply uh, the bounds of Florida. Um, And that should be interesting. You know, we're going to have, you know, uh, Sandra Watson from the Arizona Commerce Authority. So we're going to discuss how Arizona, another state that has tried to prime itself as really a hotbed of autonomy. Also, Karina Ricks from Pittsburgh. You know, we're fans of Karina and she's been to Commotion LA and obviously, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, both position itself early as a test bed, but then of course push back on Uber after its uh, some of its autonomous uh, experiments there. So that should be sort of interesting to see uh, exactly how those uh, locales are working with various companies specializing on autonomy from there. And then we've got another fireside chat. Who's after that, John? Um,
1: that other fireside chats with Joe Ben Bevert from Joby Aviation. So that one's exciting. Uh, you know, John will be moderating that one. And I think, yeah, we're going to learn some really interesting things. They've been sort of, A leader but a quiet leader in the uh, evital space so i think it's time that we all learn a little bit more about them and john's just the guy to get that information out
0: great and then dear listeners we'll be bringing it to a close with our final panel a a look ahead after two days of hashing all this out and workshops running along concurrently and trying to map out this new vision we're going to have a really interesting cross-sectoral discussion we're going to have folks again from the public sector like Julia Thane from from Los Angeles and Warren Logan from Oakland there uh, we're also going to have private sector folks uh, you know from Toyota Mil- Mobility Foundation and Blue Systems and Trapeze as well and so it should be sort of interesting to figure out like you know where do we in fact go from here to preserve the future that we want and not lapse back into, I think, I think going back to mayor de Blasio, you know, since we discussed him at the outset of this, you know, who, uh, who, who tweeted or said recently that it was almost reassuring to be back in a traffic jam. <laughs> There's nothing reassuring I, I find about being back in traffic jam. So hopefully we'll, well charge
1: leadership, you know, no more alternate side parking. We'll just let the trash keep piling up. <laughs>
0: Indeed. Well, another world is possible. We're going to find it at commotion, Miami live. Um, so with that, you know, I, I oh, there's, say, there's I would... the, well,
1: there's still a couple more, Greg, you, you know, we oh, got, uh, we the, the, uh, 445 Eastern. We've got the exciting kind of final keynote. Oh,
0: with Hugh Martin. right. I, I overlooked you. I mean, yes, that's, that's chairman of here. lacuna.
1: I think that's one to watch, obviously um, closely involved with the MDS discussion that everyone's kind of got bated breath about. Um, so we're we talking about mobility, data, security, and privacy. Um, I think that one's actually going to be pretty interesting. You know, they, they've been kind of behind the scenes, so an uh, interesting time to emerge. And, and then,
0: I nearly stepped on the winner of the Miami Mobility Challenge. Yes, what, what do we have in store this time?
1: Yeah, um, so we, we can't name the winner just quite yet, but five ten 10 p.m., uh, we will. Uh, we had you know all sorts of interesting startups from around the globe apply to the inaugural M2 Challenge uh there was a focus on resilience in mobility systems this year and yeah i think you guys are all going to be pretty interested in the kind of solutions this company's come up with because it's it's pretty cool so that's that's all i can say for now don't don't
0: want to you know spill the beans well there you go and then you know for all for all of you at home if, after that if you like i'm sure we can all find it will it will definitely be 5:30 p.m. eastern on the east coast so you know there perhaps there will be quarantinis for some, uh, if we go from there. Um, but yes, it's, I think it's gonna be an exciting two days, uh, that we have to look forward to this week. And, um, yeah, I hope all of you who are listening will join Jonah. Do we have in fact, any discount codes for our listeners? I think we should. They've listened all the way to the end of this podcast.
1: <laughs> if you've made it this far, you've earned it. Um, so yeah, of course the website to register is commotionmiami.com. If you didn't already know that I've done a terrible job. Um, but if you put in the promo code, it's all one word commotion live 50 it's a five zero uh that should save you you know guess what it is 50 percent um so if you register before the event starts um as greg said at the top of the show full access tickets that give you you know sort of premium networking and all sorts of other great features those are 95 bucks that'll cut it in half and then if you're uh too slow you wait to the day of the price jumps a little bit but you'll still save half with commotion live 50 so yeah i hope everyone joins us um whether you can pay for it or not, there's something great in store. This is really an amazing moment to keep learning, keep networking, keep kind of staying ahead of the game during this just you know, crazy times for cities and mobility.
0: Excellent. Well, with that, we hope to see—we hope to see you all, truly see you all, uh, tomorrow at Day One of Komotion Miami Live, and yeah, and we'll be back next week uh, with a bit of a postmortem to talk about what we learned. So, um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow, and hopefully, we'll rejoin you uh, next week as well. Thank you all so much, and take care.